fighting for freedom every day. They are absolutely desperate to pretend the last four years never happened and for them to go back to what they like to do before, which is create these massive spending bills to pretend that it's really, really important to you when you only get about 5% of what's in the bill and they can't do it because we're aware of it. We're paying attention to it and they don't like that. This is the Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Darn right it is. Welcome back into the program. It is a Tuesday, the post-Monday celebration, one of the greatest days of the entire week. I don't care what anyone says. We're ready to rock and roll for a whole nother day here. Uh, by the way, can I ask a question? What is the fascination with Pete Buttigieg with the Department of Transportation? I don't understand it. According to a nice little headline on Drudge Report that now there's a scramble from mayors all over the country trying to get part of their infrastructure money from Pete Buttigieg, wanting to FaceTime him, wanting to meet with him, wanting to get with him, and how he could be the future standard bearer of the Democrat Party. Now, I know there's the love quarrel going on between Kamala Harris and Joe Biden right now, so that is going to be interesting to see if maybe they drop Kamala and bring Pete Buttigieg in. Again, they go back to a failed presidential candidate that didn't do well in the polls on the Democrat primary to try and replace a candidate who didn't fare well in the polls in the Democrat primaries and who voters didn't like on the Democrat side to try and be the new guy because they're desperate to get Joe Biden out of office. They're desperate. They can't stand him in there. He can't make the right decisions. His popularity is going downhill, and they're stuck between the rock and the hard place. Do we stick with the very senile guy that can't remember his name, or do we go to someone who's extremely unpopular that nobody likes, even within our own party? So plan B, let's go to another candidate who is extremely unpopular in the party and nobody likes even within our own party. Good golly. Welcome into the show. It's great to have you along for the ride today. Broadcasting live out of the heart of the nation here in Wichita, Kansas, on our flagship radio station. But we are all over the country. Multiple radio stations, TV stations, live streaming, and uh, podcasting. Wherever you may be watching or listening, we appreciate you very, very much. The last day of November, and I have to brag just a minute here. It is the last day of November going into December, and here in Wichita, Kansas, where my flagship radio station is, where I'm, I'm located, it is near 70 degrees. And it's 70 degrees again tomorrow. It's another warm one, and I'm still wearing shorts and a T-shirt. I know. So thanks, Global Warming. Appreciate that very much. AOC, you have done your job in saving the country because now I can enjoy some warm weather going into uh, the wintertime here just right around the corner. It's wild. I got to, as I mentioned over the weekend, I got to hang up Christmas lights on the house in my shorts and T-shirt. That's a good way. And I now... Unless it's 70 degrees outside again, I am not hanging Christmas lights anymore unless it's that weather because I'm not doing it, climbing up on the roof in those uh, heavy coats and gloves. I'm just not doing it. Not doing it. We got a lot to get to today. We have some news from the uh, new COVID variant coming out of South Africa. We'll get to here in just a little bit. We have states that are changing their unemployment system to allow individuals who have been fired because they didn't get the COVID-19 vaccine to be eligible for the uh, unemployment benefits. That's an interesting concept. So we'll talk about that in a little bit. We have Dr. Kathleen Brown at the bottom of the hour to talk about the failed healthcare system. But as we talk about infrastructure, we talk about the budget. We have the inflation that's still absurdly ridiculous. We have the consumer spending that is a wary right now. The stock market crashed another like 600 points today because of this new variant. Where are we going economically? So we had to bring back on our friend here. He is a congressman from my congressman right here in the 4th District of the state of Kansas. He is on the Ways and Means Committee. Super excited to have him back on the program, Congressman Ron Estes. Congressman, how are you, my friend? 
I'm doing well, Andy. Thanks for having me back on the air. No, it's always great to chat with you. Hope you guys had a great Thanksgiving, and uh, I, I appreciate the time. I know you're back in D.C. These are wild times. I know you guys just passed this infrastructure bill a couple of weeks ago. It's officially been signed. Now we hear the rumors of just the panic of every city across the nation trying to get their hands on some of that money for infrastructure across the country. What's next? Because now you guys also passed the Build Back Better plan that's sitting in the Senate. What type of version of this bill came out? Is it marginally better than what we had seen when it originally came out? And where are we at with this conversation? Yeah, you you really hit the nail on the head talking about the Transportation Secretary Buttigieg, um, the, the, uh, the 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 infrastructure bill that was passed and signed into law basically creates all this pots of money that uh, he's going to have at his discretion to to dole out. So you know the mad scramble chasing money is uh, is in in progress now and and around the country people are going to go after him and that's just kind of you know a, a, the first step in this uh, two part program that they Democrats want to pass and the. The second one was, you know, it took them, it took Speaker Pelosi months of twisting arms and and trying to force people to to pass this reconciliation bill. That the numbers keep changing depends on. I mean, the, the, the Congressional Budget Office never did that final score before they voted for it. I mean, that was one of the things that the the so-called moderate Democrats or the the people that were in swing districts had said they wanted to see a CBO score. So there really wasn't a full score. There were some tables created for the bigger uh, categories, including ways and means, which we had uh, roughly half of the bill was uh, was uh, was under ways and means responsibility. And so now we're seeing that really this reconciliation bill is going to cost about four trillion dollars. Wow! Just for what what we can see that's in there, and they got it down to that level through some gimmicks. And one of those gimmicks was. Instead of saying, okay, we're going to make this program permanent, they'll say, well, we'll which means they, it would be costed for over a 10-year period. Right. They're saying, well, we'll just keep this program for a couple of years and then end it. Oh, sure, yeah. Well, we all know government <laughs> programs don't end. I mean, even even Ronald Reagan said, you know, the a government bureau is the nearest thing to eternal life we'll ever see on Earth. Yeah. And uh, so – you, we we know these the the gimmicks that they used to get the what they called the cost down was was incredible and you know there there are 150 new government programs that were in the bill that passed the house the way it was designed and now it's over in the senate um, and there's a lot of debate on the senate side on several fronts one things like the blanket amnesty that they put in there aren't going to pass the rules in the senate the, what they call the bird rule that basically means if you're going to pass a reconciliation bill, it can only deal with taxes or spending or the debt. Mm. And and so to put all these extra policies and, and complete changes on, on the things the country does is, is not appropriate to put in a reconciliation bill. Right. That is good news. At least some of that will come out. But really, 150 new programs. What kind of programs are we talking about here? And by the way, I mean, I know originally the bill was supposed to be like five trillion dollars. I know Joe Manchin and some of the others on the Senate side wanted it down to one to one and a half trillion. Obviously, that's not going to be the case if you guys just passed a four trillion dollar bill. So it didn't come down much. But what possibly could we be creating with new government programs and agencies here? Yeah, and that's that's the problem with all the money, the, the the cost being thrown around is that there there really isn't a good a good 
solid answer of what's in there and and allows the the mainstream media to talk about oh it was it was only a you know a 1.9 trillion dollar bill uh, as opposed to well if you lay all these things out so it does things like it it expands the electric vehicle subsidies for wealthy couples making over five hundred thousand dollars a year. Um, it gives it gives millionaires a, a, a eighty thousand dollar tax break through the the salt provision, the state and local tax provision that allows those high tax states like New York and California and and New Jersey to to deduct all of their high state income taxes, so that the rest of the country has to pay more in federal income tax. So in other uh, words, all of the, the yeah, wanting to tax all the evil rich people, the millionaires and billionaires in the nation, they passed a bill and rammed it through that's giving all their special interests that are millionaires and billionaires all the tax breaks by based on these incentives. That's right. They're going to get all the money out of that. And, and middle class are going to end up paying more in taxes and not get the benefits of the tax, the, the tax provisions that they put in it. Um, so it's. They they create actually they're they're ramming Medicare expansion down all the states. I mean they're basically uh, dictating to the states that you have to expand Medicare or excuse me Medicaid um, through through the states. Uh, they're increasing Obamacare subsidies uh, through uh, through 2025 uh, in order to make it look like Obamacare is affordable and and a good idea to have. Mm. Um, they created a new a new program called the Civilian Climate Corps to employ thousands of people to work on so-called climate change mitigation projects. <laughs> so basically, Peace Corps wasn't enough. AmeriCorps wasn't enough from from the Obama administration, and and now they have to to create a Civilian Climate Corps uh, as part of that. Wow. It just never ends. It's it's just new program. Now, what about the child tax credit where we're getting these monthly paychecks in the mail? I still receive. I think this is like December's the last month that we're supposed to technically get them unless because I heard this was in there to extend this. I know that once again, like you mentioned, once you create a program and start giving out money, then it doesn't go away. There were people that didn't qualify for the child tax credit before getting a, you know, a thousand dollar, fifteen hundred dollar check in the mail every month now for all the kids they have. Is that in there to continue on? Yep, it's, they, they extended that uh, that child tax credit payments uh, wow. through the through the bill, and and what I what I'm concerned about is the number of people who not only did they extend increase the amount, but they also are prepaying it monthly. People are used to getting that as refunds, right? So when they come to do their taxes next February or March or April. Um, and they expected a you know a five hundred dollar refund or a thousand dollar refund that they were, they're they're not going to get it because they've already got the money and they've already spent it and that's the that's when we're going to see lots of problems for folks who who planned all along to have the refund and, and that's how they um, they manage their their decisions on managing their money and uh, it's going to be a, a rude awakening and and a shock for for so many individuals through this. Yeah. Well, and it's going to turn into, again, like you said, not even a, a child tax credit because like people that didn't even qualify before are getting it. So it's gone from a credit on your taxes that you're getting monthly to now just a social handout. Oh, hey, you have kids. Here's some check. Here's some money for you. And I find that a little disturbing because it's just that base again on a uh, universal basic income, some type of socialist program. And it's not going to go away. And that, and that's really the ultimate goal. Is they, they, they're, they're using the child tax credit as the, 
the camel's nose under the tent. Uh, in reality, they want a, a universal payment to everybody so that the, the government can didn't dictate uh, what people do. They can they can tell you uh, where you work, where you where you don't even have to work at all uh, because you get this free money, yeah. so quote unquote, yeah. uh, coming from Washington. Oh, and I, I tell you, I've been here four and a half years now, and and there is no money tree here. So there's <laughs> there is no money here that uh, can get given out to people, and unless it's taken away from somebody else first. And right now, we're we're taken away from our kids and grandkids, and we're we're mortgaging their future in order to live today's lifestyle. And it, it's it's really sad to see that. And um, you mentioned you mentioned the debt, and I don't know if we want to talk some more about about spending before we go talk to the debt, but my concern on the debt is that they don't even think about all this spending is causing the debt ceiling exactly that we're facing right well, now. It's a perfect segue. And we we got to take a great I tell you what, Congressman, we got to take a hard break here. So that's a perfect segue into what I wanted to get to when we come back is this debt that we have, this debt ceiling, because that's that's the next debate I know you guys are having as you guys get back before the holidays as well. So let's take a break here real, real quick. We're talking with Congressman Ron Estes from the 4th District of Kansas, right here in my home district here, a great friend. And uh, this is uh, taking things to an entirely new level. We have this spending package that is astronomical, as you mentioned, spending against our kids and grandkids and great grandkids at an astronomical level. And now we have a massive debt we got to figure out what to do with will we end up raising the debt ceiling that's the next big question plus jobs the gdp that's not growing as quick as it needs to the job shortage and labor shortage we still have all of it tying in together is it planned what the heck do we do about all this we'll do that when we come back with congressman ron estes right here on a tuesday episode of the voice of reason stay here the voice of reason with andy hoosier Hey, it's Andy Hoosier with The Voice of Reason. Fighting for conservative principles seems more difficult all the time. The progressive left seems to find new and creative ways to limit freedom, abuse power, and trample the Constitution each and every day. That's why we need the knowledge, resources, and common sense to push back. And we can help with that. Visit our website at HoosierReason.com. There's some really great stuff for you. You can read the latest blog discussing topical issues and current events. Let us know your thoughts by filling out our monthly survey. Keep track of what I might be doing or where I may be speaking. Listen to the podcast of your favorite guest or show. And check out our latest Voice of Reason product infomercials. Plus, you can find upcoming show schedules and guest lineups to plan your radio listening appropriately. And finally, make sure to become a Hoosier-holic by subscribing to the free newsletter. Stay up to date on the latest news of the show, fun facts of the month, and learn new ways to defend and preserve this great republic. It's all there at HoosierReason.com. Again, HoosierReason.com. Go check it out. Why? Because it's kind of the reasonable thing to do. Hey, it's Andy Hoosier. Want to reach out to the show? A big part of the program is you, and we want to hear from you. Let us know your thoughts of the show, maybe a guest we've had on the program, or my favorite when you disagree with something that I talk about. You can email me at HoosierMediaNetwork at gmail.com or send us a message through our website at HoosierReason.com. The show's not about me. It's about you. So be heard and be your own voice of reason. Again, email me at HoosierMediaNetwork at gmail.com or find our contact information at HoosierReason.com. Miss part of the show? Don't worry about it. There's plenty of ways to catch the program, and here's how you can do it. First, make sure to tune in every day right here on your favorite radio station. We're here for you. Second, subscribe to the podcast on any of your favorite sites. YouTube and iTunes, Spotify and Google Play, TuneIn, Podbean, and more. Have the show automatically downloaded to your favorite device. Last, visit our website at HoosierReason.com. You can listen to the podcast, catch our special features, and more. It's the voice of reason on radio, TV, and online, helping you defend and preserve this great Republic. 
You're listening to the Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Darn right, you are. Welcome back into the program. 24 minutes past the hour, radio, TV, live, streaming, and podcasting. By the way, I am super excited. We are one month away from announcing some really, really big news here on the program, so stay tuned in for that. We have our newsletter coming out. I'm still debating either at the end of this week or beginning of next week, so either way, go to the website, whosyourreason.com, and sign up for the newsletter. We are also reworking our entire website and behind the scenes and getting things up and going in a little bit flashier fashion, so got some people working on that, if you know what I mean, so uh, check it out, whosyourreason.com. We're talking with Congressman Ron Estes from the 4th District here in Kansas, my home congressman and a good personal friend. I So I went to the, over the break, went to the website of usdebtclock.org. Uh, last I had seen, the U.S. national debt was sitting at like $23, 24000000000000 trillion. Now it's almost to $29, so that's good news. Congressman, I know you guys are about ready to start working on some debt ceiling raising again, shattering that glass ceiling and just making it, indefinite essentially because that's really the direction we're going is there any way of stopping this debt ceiling from being raised at all or does it just kind of have to happen it we're we're going to have to do a lot of soul searching as a country in terms of what we do on the debt ceiling uh right now we're even before covid we were spending more money than we were bringing in and and that's an issue it it it's ripe through lots of programs uh, obviously, the, the you know everybody has their their pet project programs and projects that they they want, um, but the the entitlement programs and the the uh, automatic programs, uh, which Social Security and Medicare are part of that, uh, but the ones that happen automatically, like Medicaid and and food stamps, and basically as long as your income is a certain level, uh, that's that's almost seventy percent of the budget. And wow. and so those things happen automatically. And and so until we take some really hard look at what we do, uh, we, we're not going to be able to get a the handle on it. And, and COVID's made it worse with uh, some of the things we we I, I'll make the argument we needed to make to do a year ago, year and a half ago. Uh, but now people have taken this. The Democrats have taken this crisis and and are doubling down on on spending things that we don't need to do. And 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 now they're surprised that. Hey, the debt ceiling, uh, we're about to hit that. And it's kind of like, you know, I think about it, you know, as an individual, so you have a credit card and, and the, the, the issuing bank gave you a, a credit limit. You can spend all you want underneath that as long as you pay it back at certain times and, and right. control what you what you borrow and what you spend and, and what you pay back. But you can't just keep spending and spending and spending and then expect the, to, to raise the, the credit limit again and raise the debt ceiling uh, for the country. And so there, we have to do some some hard work. Uh, this is a short-term approach that they're taking right now uh, on it. Um, there, there's a, a, a few of us, uh, Republicans, and even a, even a couple of Democrats are starting to talk about what do we do long-term, uh, at least starting that, that discussion about how do we get to a scenario that uh, uh, protects the country because – Right now, you know, we're we're basically mortgaging our kids and grandkids' future to just to live today's lifestyle, and and that's not right. It's not fair to our kids and grandkids. It's it's not going to leave the country better off than it than it was when we got here. And yeah. you know, the 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 slowdown in the economy, um, you know, with all these new regulations and the burdens that they're putting out there, the the labor shortages because they're eliminating work requirements on the, on the welfare benefits. Uh, you know, all of that has an impact on the debt ceiling too. We we saw uh, before COVID hit with the tax cuts and and with the regulatory reform 
uh, we saw the economy going and booming, and and we saw revenue coming in more, which was helping to to reduce that. And instead, uh, you know, the Biden administration is focused on how to make it uh, big government dictating and and uh, inflation going through the roof, and you know, doing stupid things like like uh, halting oil and gas production. Yeah, and, it doesn't make any sense. Then, uh, I mean, we were doing yeah, so well. We were doing so well before we ended up crashing this. I know it. It's that we're out of time, yep. Congressman. I could talk to you forever on this stuff because it's so important. Congressman Ron Estes from the 4th District of Kansas here. We appreciate the time, my friend. Let's get you back on the show again real soon. All right. Great. Thank you, Andy. Hey, always a pleasure. Just imagine we can barely pay our interest on our debt. That's how bad the country is no right now. Lots more coming up. Stay here. With Andy Hoosier. Hey, it's Andy Hoosier. While you listen to the delightful broadcast of The Voice of Reason, don't forget to check us out and follow us on all of our social media sites. Whether you're using Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Minds.com, or Instagram, we're there for you. Find us at Hoosier Reason on any of your social media platforms. You'll see special commentary, links to the articles and news that we use on the show, and videos of the broadcast. Plus, you can directly send us a message on social media during the show to let me know your thoughts. Many already do, and it's a great chat room for all of our great listeners. And you can always sign up for the Patreon site to get exclusive content, maybe hear show products before we air them on the radio, and a lot more. And when you support us on Patreon, you also help the show be able to fight for conservative values each and every day. So it's a win-win. Just find us at Hoosier Reason on all of your social media platforms, or you can find a link to all of our social media sites on our website at HoosierReason.com. We know you're on social media already, so bring some reason into your day. Why? Because it's kind of the reasonable thing to do. When Reason Meets Radio. You're listening to The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. I just can't get over all these nice little government goodies that they're handed out with this new reconciliation build back better plan we had the infrastructure package now we have this one four trillion dollars can we ever cover the cost of that probably not we're already 29 trillion dollars in debt why not add four more to it what the heck why not welcome back into the program fastest hour of radio on radio multiple radio stations multiple tv stations live streaming podcasting your millennial general doing the thing that we do each and every day thanks for hanging out with us as you do each and every day downloads of the podcast killing it thank you for that biggest states this uh this month kansas obviously where we're based out of new mexico colorado california you guys are all awesome so thank you for that we love you to death go and check it out who's your reason.com and you can find the voice of reason on any of your favorite podcasting apps at the voice of reason with andy hoosier let's shift gears a little bit away from the budget kind of and talk about some uh, specific issues with the budget and industries as a whole in our latest in what's trending what's trending today and i figure while we talk about budgetary issues and an expansion of medicare medicaid and expansion of social security and expansion of obamacare that's really going on at the federal level right now maybe we should talk to people inside the industry because you know we don't only have like a global pandemic or anything going on right now and what's the proper response to all this in general with the healthcare system is we have so much money going into the healthcare system a sixth of the economy that the government has consumed with obamacare and it's only getting worse and she has her latest op-ed, Reject Senator Sanders' Deceptive Infrastructure Plan. Uh, she is also the founder of the Oregon Coast Dermatology back in 2011. Super excited to have on the program with us here, Dr. Kathleen Brown. Doctor, how are you, my friend? 
great. I'm excited to be with you. Yeah, Love your I, intro. Well, thank you. I really appreciate you coming on the show. This is a big issue. We just talked with uh, with a congressman on the air about how massive the debt is in the nation and this infrastructure plan, this reconciliation plan or build back better plan, whatever they want to call it. But with this massive expansion of social programs, Medicare, Medicaid, the Obamacare plans, they have over 150 new programs in this spending bill. Is this the answer? Do we just spend our way out of this to save everybody healthcare wise and just make sure that healthcare is taken care of based on government standards? Is this the way we go? No, it ruins healthcare. Sorry. <laughs> it does. It, it ruins it ruins healthcare, you know. Yeah. I mean, it's already bad enough and everybody says we have the best healthcare in the world. We the healthcare that's good in our country is done in spite of the incredible government intrusion in it. It's unfortunate that we've gone this direction, and they always try to use these examples of you know foreign countries and the the Scandinavian countries or the European Union where they have these uh, universal healthcare systems. Why wouldn't a system like that work here in the U.S.? Well, every system is different, and they all have their pluses and their minuses. And people can tell all the stories they want. There's you know there's always a silver lining. There's always somebody that's helped by something. And they use those stories or sad stories to say, well, we should have this. But when you look at the picture overall, it, it interferes with the practice of medicine. It interferes with the ability to customize. And people experience that. But it's little bit by little bit. And they go, hmm, why didn't I get a doctor today? I wanted a doctor, a physician. Yeah. And I didn't have a choice. And why wouldn't they answer my third question? They limit me to two problems, and I drove two hours. Things like that. Yeah, it's unfortunate. Why do those weird things happen? You know. Yeah, why do these weird things yeah. happen? I remember during the Obama era when he said, "If you want to keep your doctor, you can keep your doctor by quote unquote giving you that choice." At the same time, they drove these small practices out of business to where. You could still have a choice, just the choice were, choices were limited based on who they actually allowed to stay in business or not, it seemed like. Yes, yes. Here's your choices within this small box. So, yes, I left um, the practice, that, you know, the, the dealing with Medicare and Medicaid mm. and commercial insurance in 2011 because of Obamacare, but really uh, Medicare was already a big problem for me. Um, and, you know, we also personally left health insurance because it's no longer insurance. It's managed care and it's too expensive. And so my husband and I provided health insurance coverage for our employees, but personally we pay for it ourselves and we have backup plans. But, you know, I hate managed care that bad. Yeah. I know a lot of people going down that road. There are so many, including myself, to where we're sick and tired of oh, going to the hospital, patching yourself up, giving you some medications and prescription pills and going about your day and coming back, not actually treating anything. I don't know. I'm sure you've seen it, obviously, with you starting your own business and running as a kind of an alternative. There is a massive movement in the nation right now on alternative medicines, on holistic healings, on uh, different styles outside of the basic uh, healthcare infrastructure, is there not? There is. And, you know, a lot of those areas, I mean, I'm a free market person. I'm happy for people to make their own choices. But a lot of those people are, you know, getting on the government gravy train. And, um, so, you know, oh, you must, again, I'm not opposed to things. I'm just, you know, people should do their homework and make choices for themselves. But all of these alternative things, people demand that they be covered too. And 
Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, we could spend our entire GDP on healthcare and call everything healthcare. You know, yeah. that's, that's what we do. We call it all healthcare. And, you know, what about any budget left for anything else. <laughs> well, that is very true. And now, I mean, this infrastructure package, obviously, was $1 trillion. They wanted it to be way more. But when it came out, I mean, they, they're calling things infrastructure that aren't infrastructure. No longer are we just talking about roads, bridges, and highways, because that itself was only like $400 billion. We could have spent that and paid for it with some of the leftover COVID relief funds that they had at the beginning of the year. And then we wouldn't even have this conversation. But what they were trying to do was saying that uh, energy and, and Green New Deal stuff and environmental stuff was infrastructure, that healthcare is infrastructure, that these social safety nets were infrastructure. And now that we've redefined all of these terms, it seems like it just gives the green light for government to do really anything it wants to that's ruining an industry, like you mentioned, that was the best healthcare system in the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think it'll be very hard for people to see until they've, they've lost it. Um, very, very sad. You know, what are the insidious effects of these goodies here, goodies there, people vote for oh, on line such and such, there's something for me. But what about all the other lines and what are the effects? Um, it, it's kind of good for people to actually take a look at the bill. It's, it's not too hard to find. It's HR 5376, the most recent version. There's no index to it, no table of contents that I can find. You kind of scroll down and find things. But what you find is incredible detailed rules. And so they've got one, Pathways to Health Careers Act. Well, you've got to qualify. You've got all these different qualifications, you know, trying to, I I live in an underserved state. I'm in Montana now. Mm. And all these things, you know, you've got to fit into these little boxes to play this game. Is it really going to serve people uh, better? The people who who really lack access to healthcare, you know, I'm a cynic on it. I'm going to say, no, I don't think it'll fix their problems. No, government doesn't do a very good job in trying to solve people's problems, although they try, and that's what they try to use for much of their argument. We're talking talking with Dr. Kathleen Brown. as She is the founder of the Oregon Coast Dermatology. Uh, Also, you can find her op-ed on the website at realclearhealth.com, realclearhealth.com, and you can find her piece, Reject Senator Sanders' Deceptive Infrastructure Plan. Uh, You being in the industry here, there was actually a doctor here in the Wichita area where I'm based out of out of Wichita, Kansas, where there was a doctor that made national news, was on a bunch of talk shows about not even accepting health insurance in any way, shape, or form, but making it more of a membership thing. You pay a monthly membership to the clinic, you get X amount of visits, you get phone calls, you get you know prescriptions if you need prescription, whatever, but it wasn't based on insurance at all. It was a way to avoid the insurance games and just do a basic member private membership to the clinic. Is that, do you think, maybe part of the future of healthcare moving forward, trying to solve some of these issues? It is for primary care as long as they don't, you know, now that it's working well, then they're like, well, let's get Medicare and Medicaid doing this. Well, that ruins it. They're turning it right back into capitated managed care. The key is that the person is a customer. So that's direct primary care. My husband and I have a plan like that. We love it. It's great. It's an alternative. If you don't like it, you can go elsewhere. And um, I think it's an incredible value, and I think it's such better care. We also have it for both of our adult daughters. We decided to purchase that for them because we believe, and they're thrilled with it. Sure. Has the increase in government control in the healthcare industry, has that uh, been part of the uh, increase in pharmaceuticals. I mean, we've seen a massive, you know, opioid addiction. I saw a, a survey that like an average of the average American takes like six pharmaceutical pills every single day sort of thing. And we saw a massive increase of those during the Obamacare push. 
because I think, like you said, doctors were no longer spending time to want to focus on the patient, but just do care for the patient. Has that led to the pharmaceutical issue that we see today, do you think? I don't have data to say that, but I would say intuitively that that makes uh, sense. If you don't have time, it really is easier to prescribe. I mean, I hate to I hate to be that cynical, but I, yeah. I think that's true. And also, this is another insidious thing. You know, this attempt to make payment accurate, it's like by complexity. So there's all sorts of ways that people are more complex. They just pile the diagnoses in there and, uh, oh, this person's very complex. We're going to be paid at a higher rate. Um <laughs> Yeah, it's it's really not a good incentive. They think that they can align incentives to make people, doctors, patients, et cetera, behave well. I think it's impossible. Yeah. You know, people behave well by acting in their own best interest. That's, you know, generally a fact that people are going to operate in their own best interest. And the best way they do that is they pay for things directly. Sure. Yeah. We're talking with Dr. Kathleen Brown. We got to take a heartbreaker. Can you stick over one more segment with us? Yes. Yeah. Awesome. Yes. I, I love it. When we come back, I want to talk about this big push that many states have done on this Medicaid expansion. And that's been obviously not just with the expansion of Obamacare, but just more Medicaid expansion for everybody and for individuals that don't necessarily need it. Why are we going down that road and what kind of ramifications that could have in the system? So we'll do that when we come back here. How do we fix this broken health care system? It's a messy issue. It's a lot of money. And the government seems to have their hands in all of it. Shocker, right? We'll do that when we come back here, wrapping up today on a post-Monday celebration here on The Voice of Reason with Dr. Kathleen Brown. Stay here. The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Hey, it's Andy Hoosier with The Voice of Reason. Fighting for conservative principles seems more difficult all the time. The progressive left seems to find new and creative ways to limit freedom, abuse power, and trample the Constitution each and every day. That's why we need the knowledge, resources, and common sense to push back. And we can help with that. Visit our website at HoosierReason.com. There's some really great stuff for you. You can read the latest blog discussing topical issues and current events. Let us know your thoughts by filling out our monthly survey. Keep track of what I might be doing or where I may be speaking. Listen to the podcast of your favorite guest or show. And check out our latest Voice of Reason product infomercials. Plus, you can find upcoming show schedules and guest lineups to plan your radio listening appropriately. And finally, make sure to become a Hoosier Holic by subscribing to the free newsletter. Stay up to date on the latest news of the show, fun facts of the month, and learn new ways to defend and preserve this great republic. It's all there at HoosierReason.com. Again, HoosierReason.com. Go check it out. Why? Because it's kind of the reasonable thing to do. Miss part of the show? Don't worry about it. There's plenty of ways to catch the program. And here's how you can do it. First, make sure to tune in every day right here on your favorite radio station. We're here for you. Second, subscribe to the podcast on any of your favorite sites. YouTube and iTunes, Spotify and Google Play, TuneIn, Podbean, and more. Have the show automatically downloaded to your favorite device. Last, visit our website at HoosierReason.com. You can listen to the podcast, catch our special features, and more. It's the voice of reason on radio, TV, and online helping you defend and preserve this great republic. Hey, it's Andy Hoosier. Want to reach out to the show? A big part of the program is you, and we want to hear from you. Let us know your thoughts of the show, maybe a guest we've had on the program, or my favorite when you disagree with something that I talk about. You can email me at HoosierMediaNetwork at gmail.com or send us a message through our website at HoosierReason.com. The show's not about me. It's about you. So be heard and be your own voice of reason. Again, email me at HoosierMediaNetwork at gmail.com or find our contact information at HoosierReason.com. 
You're listening to the Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Welcome back in. Last segment here goes by way too fast. I don't care what any other show says. We are by far the fastest hour of radio on radio. Multiple stations plus TV, live streaming, podcasting. Wherever you may be watching or listening, we have a lot of news coming up at the beginning of the year, so stay tuned in for that. We're going to have some new imaging stuff. we got a new website coming out. Make sure to sign up for the newsletter. Totally free. I know. It's my little socialist handout to you. <laughs> See what we did there? <laughs> sign up for it completely free. Just go to the website, whosyourreason.com. That's H-O-O-S-E-R reason.com. Sign up for it. It'll pop up, say, do you want to become a Hoosier-holic? You say, yes, I do. Of course. We don't spam you all the time. All we do is just send you a monthly newsletter. We have our holidays for the month coming up, our civic holidays. We have a nice little, like, hoorah, feel-good speech at the beginning. We have our uh, little blurb on guests we've had on the program, guests that are coming up on the program, our blog for the month. We have our update with the Hoosier Media Network and all the great programs that we work with there with the network as well. So check it out. It's a great newsletter, and it grows every single month. We appreciate you for signing up for that one. Right now, we are talking with... Our great guest here, Dr. Kathleen Brown. She is the founder of the Oregon Coast Dermatology, and you can find her op-ed that she wrote on Real Clear uh, Politics, RealClearHealth.com, uh, called it "Reject Senator Sanders' Deceptive Infrastructure Plan." And, Doctor, as we talk about this expansion of this go- these government programs, let's talk about this Medicaid expansion. There are m- most states now that have done this Medicaid expansion, which is really just the Obamacare plan, but it's just this Medicaid is in all. I've talked to doctors all over the state and outside of the state of Kansas and elsewhere uh, about this Medicaid expansion, and it's frustrating for them, along with the patients, for the patients, because now the system is so overwhelmed that they don't get the proper care they need, and Medicaid was done for a specific purpose. The doctors are frustrated, like you and others, because there are so many people coming in, you can't spend the proper time actually taking care of patients. Is there a way to get away from the system, or is it kind of too far, too gone now? Mm, a, lot, a lot of good questions in there. You know, I came from Oregon. I was there for 21 years, and they have a unique Medicaid plan. And um, some doctors do extremely well on that, not maybe in other states. But then they cut off the diagnoses. They decrease the things that are covered. So, And then millions, millions and millions went missing. There was a series about it. So, you know, it's, a, it's so wasteful. A quarter of the population there, and I think nationwide, is on Medicaid, which is supposed to be a social safety net. But um, I think they're going to drown us all in this net. You know, it's not improving care. So, you know, what is the magic? I think maybe you're going to ask me that. How do you fix health care? Yeah, I mean, I I guess that is the big grand question here is how do we fix this? We have a Medicaid, which they say is an option to a health insurance plan. Health insurance obviously is skyrocketed with the monthly premiums, with the deductibles you have to pay, with them covering less. My wife has lupus. She's got an issue, and I mean, we've gone through a lot of medical issues. We had to file medical bankruptcy a few years back, and uh, uh, we're doing better now because we've gone more of a holistic alternative medicine approach, and she's done very well with that, uh, luckily. But at the same time, with the massive with how expensive it is just to have insurance and then half of her specialists weren't even covered i mean it's an issue that hasn't gotten better when they said this was going to make things better yes they keep promising to fix it and we have demographic challenges and uh challenges of more things available i mean whether more is better or not more options and um so no they're not going to fix it people say well what is the fix and i would say stop believing in magic from the Mm. federal and state government um, 
Medicare is going insolvent in five years, the closest to insolvency since 1997. And, you know, government is, to me, what has harmed healthcare. Yes, we have good things. They are what make it difficult. Sure. Um, remove the obstacles. Allow people. Then there are people. I mean, we're, we're some of the people. We're starting something in Montana to reach underserved populations. But um, there are many people who are actually out there solving problems, some with private money. But stop voting for magic. Yeah. Um, that that would be my advice. Stop believing that they're going to fix it. They are managing this giant sector of the economy that's extremely important to people's health, like your wife, um, by rules, more, 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 more rules. And they believe that they can run a country and they can run healthcare like that. You would not run your household that way. You would not run a business that way. Yeah. Well, it's great. It's you a giant it. game. Yeah, it, it is. It's a giant game, and you hit it right on the head. Don't stop waiting for the magic to happen for someone else to do it. I mean, that's the beauty of the American system is that we as the people in the private sector, the laissez-faire capitalist system, we always find a way to take care of the demand that's needed in society. We don't wait around for the government to do it. We have to apply that here in the healthcare industry as well. It's Dr. Kathleen Brown. Go and check her out. We appreciate the time very, very much. I'd love to get you back on the show again real soon. I'd love it. Hey, appreciate that. No, thank you. Appreciate that very much. That does it for us today. Podcast up in just a little bit. We're back at it tomorrow. Lots more information we'll get to then. Until then, be your own voice of reason. It's time for you to speak up, speak out, speak loud, speak proud, speak the truth, and always speak some reason. This is the Voice of Reason. I'm Andy Hoosier. We'll see you on the radio. Hey, it's Andy Hoosier. While you listen to the delightful broadcast of The Voice of Reason, don't forget to check us out and follow us on all of our social media sites. Whether you're using Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Minds.com, or Instagram, we're there for you. Find us at Hoosier Reason on any of your social media platforms. You'll see special commentary, links to the articles and news that we use on the show, and videos of the broadcast. Plus, you can directly send us a message on social media during the show to let me know your thoughts. Many already do, and it's a great chat room for all of our great listeners. And you can always sign up for the Patreon site to get exclusive content, maybe hear show products before we air them on the radio, and a lot more. And when you support us on Patreon, you also help the show be able to fight for conservative values each and every day. So it's a win-win. Just find us at Hoosier Reason on all of your social media platforms, or you can find a link to all of our social media sites on our website at HoosierReason.com. We know you're on social media already, so bring some reason into your day. Why? Because it's kind of the reasonable thing to do.